we recruited 59 people with anxiety and depression and we did an eight week cold water swimming course. 60 to 80% went from mild to moderate depression and anxiety or both to not having you know, clinical anxiety and depression anymore. Hello, this is Al Levin, the creator and host of The Depression Files. I wanted to share with you a new way to support the show. Let's just say it's as easy as buying a cup of coffee. If you enjoy the podcast and have found value in the show, please consider buying me a cup of coffee. Check out the site buymeacoffee.com slash Levin. There, you'll have the option of buying me a one-time cup or cups of coffee, or to become a member in order to purchase me some coffee monthly. Your support will help me to not only get caffeinated up, but also to offset the cost of the podcast hosting site, maintain and update my equipment, and support the amount of time that it takes in order to produce the show. Again, you can find the site at buymeacupofcoffee.com slash allevin. A-L-L-E-V-I-N. It's easy to do and would really help me out greatly. Finally, another way to help me out would be to take just a minute to rate and review the show. This really helps others to be able to discover the show. Thank you for considering to support me in these ways. And now, to the show. Welcome to The Depression Files, an interview format show in which you'll hear stories of men who have struggled with depression and or other mental illnesses. In addition, you'll hear deep dive conversations with guest experts on various topics related to mental health, topics such as depression and other mental illnesses, medication, suicide awareness and prevention, our current mental health system, and of course, the stigma that surrounds mental illnesses. I believe that both sharing stories and educating people are ways to chip away at the stigma. I'm your host, Al Levin, and I want to thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to The Depression Files. This is your host, Al Levin. I'm really excited. Today on the line, we have Dr. Mark Harper. Dr. Harper is an attending anesthesiologist in the UK and Norway. He is also a researcher and an author. Dr. Harper, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. I'm really looking forward to our conversation uh, around cold water, cold water swimming, and what that does for one's mental health. Um, I'd love to start, though. Could you just tell us about your current role and and what got you interested in cold water swimming? Well, my, my current role is kind of what I've been doing for the last 25 years, which is working as an anesthesiologist. About two and a half years ago, I started working half a year in Norway, which is a, another story. But it is relevant to why I'm researching cold water insofar as my first, as I think of it, research career was actually stopping people from getting cold. Because if you have, if you get cold during an operation, you suffer more complications afterwards. So what we do there is we try and keep patients warm during the surgery. But that led me to an interest in the effects of the cold. And I started reading about how 
you could adapt to cold. And I thought, well, maybe for my, my surgical patients, maybe if we adapted them to the cold, it would improve their outcomes. But then sort of as when I first took up my attending job, you know, consultant as we call it in the UK, when I first took that up, I moved back to Brighton where I'd grown up and I'd always swum, but I hadn't swum in the sea particularly much. But one summer the pool was shut, no training for a couple of weeks. And an old friend of mine when I was a kid said to me, oh, you should swim with the sea swimmers. And, you know, I, I said, well, when, when do they swim? And it said, uh, seven o'clock. I said, well, no, but when? He said, no, every day. And I was as shocked as everyone else at that point. But I started swimming with them. I just went and my plan was just to do it for two weeks. But I still remember that first time walking up the beach after my first swim and just feeling so good. So a few years later, I read this article about how depression is a disease, could be a disease of inflammation. It's like an allergic reaction. Right, right. That's certainly one of the theories out there that causes depression or, or occurs because of depression is inflammation. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. what I knew by then was that cold water swimming or cold water adaptation can reduce levels of inflammation. But adding that to the fact I just felt so good when I was doing it, I thought, well, maybe we could use it to treat anxiety and depression. And that's why I'm here talking to you today, really, in the, in the short, it's a short story behind it. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, so were you still doing the work of an anesthesiologist and trying to keep people warm? That's so ironic. Uh, keep them warm during surgery uh, while you went on your first cold water swim? Yeah, absolutely. I was, uh, you know, and I still, still do. It's still, I'm still a hundred percent job doing, you know, keeping people asleep. So uh, it's uh, very much a sideline. And it is, it does seem like there's a bit of a, contrast yeah there i am sort of in my day job keeping people warm keeping them uh, asleep keeping them free from pain whereas in my research i'm making sure they're wide awake and making sure that they uh they feel discomfort they don't need don't need the pain part of it that's not part of it really uh and uh and that they're exposed to the cold but i think this is the really important distinction so what i'm doing in my research now for you know, cold water swimming and mental health is we're exposing people to cold. Hypothermia is always bad for you. And a key point that maybe we'll come on to is that pe- people shouldn't stay in too long. You know, okay. you just have to ha- be exposed to that cold. That's the key, key aspect to it. Not staying in for as long as you can. Right. And what is kind of the ideal time then? That, I mean, that very much depends on, on many factors and yeah everyone is different every single day so there's this thing about oh you should stay in for one minute per degree or something like that yeah everyone is different every day it changes so i prefer to think of it in as so for a start i think we should clarify what cold is and cold isn't actually that cold so anything below 20 degrees centigrade which is about 68 fahrenheit that classic cold you get a really significant physiological reaction to that the water at that temperature then getting into the water 
what you do is when you first get in, you want to take a deep breath and you breathe really hard. And you know, when it's really cold, you just can't concentrate on anything. But a few seconds or a few, yeah, a few seconds, a couple of minutes later, you sort of recombobulate and you sort of, everything becomes a bit calmer again and you can look around, you can enjoy the scenery, you can yeah, enjoy being out there in, in nature and really take things in again. And if you've been in that long, you have done enough. You know, you can do a bit more maybe, but that's as long as you need. But of course, you know, if you're feeling really, you know, if you're a bit tired, you slept badly or whatever, and you're doing it in the morning and in the morning as well, your body temperature is a bit colder. You know, you, you don't want to be in so long as you can be when it's warmer and you've slept well and it's later in the day. Right. So, I mean, from that brief description, it sounds to me like you jump in, you have this exhilarating feeling. Like you said, you, you can't even think for a second. Your body adjusts and it might just be a two to three minute dip. And, and that may suffice for the benefits you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. You've got it. Wow. Awesome. What, what about, um, you know, is cold water showering just as beneficial as that swim? Uh, it's beneficial, but it's not as beneficial. There are two things which determine the response to the cold. One is how cold it is. And a cold shower generally will be warmer than the water. You know, at 20 degrees, say, in a shower, 68 in a shower. And, you know, here in the Norway, where I am at the moment, or the UK, the outdoors, the water outdoors never gets above 20 degrees. So, you know, most of the year you're talking about a lower, a lower temperature. And the other thing is how quickly you become cold. So with a shower, you're not immersing yourself in it, whereas water you are. So you get cold slower with, uh, with the shower. I mean, your bath would be better, if you see what I mean. But, uh, but you know, that's not to say it isn't beneficial. And there's a great study where they took office workers. Half of them went and had cold showers every day. Half of them didn't. And the ones who'd had the cold showers had less sick days afterwards so it it can have a measurable effect it's just not as strong an effect as immersing yourself in the water also i absolutely hate cold showers <laughs> i'll put me going to the water when it's freezing cold but i won't uh, into yeah but i won't uh, go into a cold shower yeah and and part of the reason i talk about the shower is just everybody doesn't have that access to the the cold water open water uh, for the swim and so forth. So it sounds like two big factors. One is you can't necessarily get the cold shower cold enough. And two, there's not enough shock response. But I'm just curious, in the shower, it seems like you could go from warm water and just crank it right to the cold and maybe still get that initial shock. But again, yeah. maybe not enough compared to swimming in the ocean. Well, no, I think, I think it's enough. I think you do get an effect. But the thing is, it's not uh, it's not as big an effect. I think the, the other thing to point out, though, that you can do to enhance the effect in the shower, and this is what you can do to enhance the effect in in water as well, in, you know, when you're out swimming, is is getting your face cold. Because when you put cold water onto your face, which is easy to do in a shower, as, a, as an additional thing as well as getting your body cold, that has a, a direct effect on the parasympathetic nervous system, which, as I'm sure you're aware, you know, the rest digest system, you know, it brings our stress levels down and actually reduces inflammation directly via the vagus nerve. 
So making your getting making sure you get that face wet and cold. Exactly. I mean, when when you're out swimming, it's sort of a, a safety point. Is when you're out swimming, what you need to do is get into the water first, so uh, so your body gets used to it, and then when when you've got to that stage where you're sort of thinking, oh yes, isn't this nice? Uh, then you can then put your face in. So don't do it straight away. Start with the body, and then when you're ready go in with the face. But again, it doesn't have to be very long, a few seconds. Yeah. And are you saying just a, a quick plunge, if you just jump into that cold ocean, there is some associated risk? And can you speak yeah, a bit about so, that? Yeah. So uh, there are a couple of things. So one is when you're starting out, and it doesn't take very long to adapt. You know, We're talking maybe six times, possibly fewer, that you have to get in before you start to adapt. But one of the the strongest responses is this hyperventilation. You take a big gasp in and you hyperventilate. You cannot control your breathing when you get into cold water and you're not used to it. And so what happens is if your face goes underwater, your head's underwater, you know, you're breathing in uh, water and that's, that's no good for you. Right. So, so, and the other thing is there is very, very rarely, but it has been described is that uh, you, you know, certain uh, some people are prone to sort of uh, abnormal heart rhythms, and what can happen is if you sort of stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system in the with the face and the sympathetic nervous system with the body, which is giving you that fight and flight response, that can kind of cause cause a bit of confusion in the uh, in, you know, in the signals to the heart and can uh, mess up the heart rhythm and give you a uh, you know yeah send you into uh, some dodgy heart rhythm so yeah that that's why it's best to sort of start with the body and move on to the face of course you know when it's warm whatever it doesn't matter it's very unusual for this to happen when you're adapted it's very unusual for this to happen right right so definitely if you are a person with some heart issues like speak to a doctor before you just do this cold water swimming and so forth um yeah are, are you able to tell us a little bit more uh, and keep it in as much layperson terms as you can but you mentioned the nervous system so can you tell us like what is going on with this cold water and how does it create this such a benefit to the mental health? So we can explain that a little bit more kind of what's the, the biological mechanism going on. Okay. Well, there are two aspects to this. So first is when you get your body in the water, that is a stress on the body and you're going into the, into the water and it sets off this big stress response. You get adrenaline, you get noradrenaline, your blood pressure goes up, your heart rate goes up and that you know that is a is a stress reaction and but what happens is when you do it regularly that that reaction is attenuated and so over time you will adapt to it and so when you get into cold water your blood pressure won't go up as much your heart rate won't go up as much your adrenaline noradrenaline levels won't go up so much and also your baseline level. So between times, they go down as well. Now, stress is an evolutionary response. You know, we need it. But the problem is what we're dealing with these days is too much stress. What we want is for that to be 
at a useful level. So agree the, the physiological level is what I think about it, or, or good level. We don't want it to be in the pathological or red level. So by going into cold water, it means that more of the time you're in that good good physiological zone rather than being in the bad zone because it reduces your peaks of stress, of the stress response, and it also reduces your baseline levels. Wow. So, so that's why that helps us. And then the parasympathetic nervous system, so when you put your face in the water, that's a different thing. So that's adaptation. That's a long-term effect. And in fact, you know, once you've adapted over maybe these six occasions, you will still see a marked effect even after 14 months. You'll see a marked effect. Then the other thing is the face. So the parasympathetic system is the rest and digest phase. And that, as I said, is directly stimulated when you put your face in the water. So this is a short-term effect. So it just happens as you put your face in the water. You know, and it's great. I do this. Uh, I've done these days for uh, school kids, for teenagers. And we do an experiment before we actually go out and have a swim. We do this experiment where they put their hands into ice-cold water. And that generates a sympathetic effect. And, you know, that hurts. So the, the heart rate, <laughs> their heart rate goes up. But when they put their faces into iced water, their heart rate goes down. You know, it's not a comfortable thing to do. But that is this stimulation of the parasympathetic nervous system. And again, what we want to do is we want to tone both sides of the autonomic nervous system. And so with, so with the adaptation, you're sort of re, you're attenuating your overall response to stress. Whereas with the face in the water, the parasympathetic nervous system, what you're doing is actually giving yourself a, a kind of immediate reduction in stress, in, in levels of, uh, of, of stress, yeah. Right, right. So it sounds like the, the more you're going into the cold water, the more your body is getting used to that shock and then the shock response is a, is a little bit less each time. Am I understanding that right? Yeah, that's right. I, I mean, it it, it, it uh, bottoms out uh, you know after a few times. It doesn't take long, but you know, to to keep keep it at that level, you need to maintain it. And but I don't think more than once a week is necessary. We don't really have uh, evidence for this, but you know, certainly my own experience and talking to lots of people, you know, once a week is is enough to do it. But yeah, you know, if you manage to do it more then, you know, that's, uh, that's going to be a bit better. And certainly the, the effect on the, from the face, from the parasympathetic nervous system, that, you know, is an immediate effect. Although, you know, they have shown that, you know, that actually lasts, you know, certainly lasts more than a day and maybe two or three days afterwards. The, the benefits of it. Yeah, you, you can measure, I can't remember what it was, maybe it's cortisol levels, something like that. But, you know, these, you know, there's a measurable effect a day or two afterwards. And you're saying from the face splashing or also yeah, that's from, from the, the face splashing. Okay. Or, or yeah, the, the, the cold itself, that's a, a long-term effect. And yeah, say so that, that lasts many months once you've done it a few times. Really? But the, the face effect uh, has, or, or a proportion of it lasts many months. Uh, right. But the face effect is, a, is an immediate one, which, you know, kicks in pretty much straight away and lasts for... Yeah, a day, two days, three days. 
And, and that's as simple as splashing your face with cold water in the morning. Uh, yeah, and you can do it more and more. As I said, yeah, the, the, the colder it is, and the more immediate the uh, the effect. So plunging your face into a cold set of sink or a bucket with it. Yeah, this is what I do with the kids. Is yeah, they they've got a a washing bowl which is full of iced water. Yeah, and that is having yeah that we can show that effect on the pulse rate. So it's quite straightforward. Or yeah, when you get in your car, when you turn your shower down, you put your face up into it as well as having your body. Yeah, once your body's used to it, yeah, you put your face under that wet shower rather than just sort of letting it hit your head or your back or whatever. Right, right. You know, I uh, had heard about the cold showers, and I try that sometimes. And yes, it's incredibly exhilarating, I would say. One of my questions is, as just somebody who wants to maintain and improve my mental health, doing a cold water shower, unfortunately, like I shower in the evening and I feel like there is this exhilarating wake up effect. And I, I get a little worried about going to sleep after doing a, you know, a two or three minute cold shower. Any thoughts on that? Does it actually, might it actually impact my sleep in a negative way? Yeah, you're, you're right about the exhilaration. However, the, again, it's empirical evidence. In fact, I was talking uh, for, for one of the studies we're doing. Uh, I was doing a, actually recording a podcast yesterday with one of the participants on the study. And his experience is he actually really likes doing it. He's had mental health issues. He uh, really likes doing it in the evening because, or having a cold shower because it brings his body temperature down, and that's a good thing. We know that's a good thing for sleep. And also, you know, he finds it just calms out. It turns him down. So it turns his brain off. And this is one of the great things uh, about it is the way it brings calm to your chattering mind. So, so it cools down both the body and the mind. As It does give that buzz. It's difficult to know, but certainly people seem to... I, I suppose it's experimenting. Right. Just see right. what you can. In theory, it could go either way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and I need to personally, I need to figure that out so that I'm not fearful of, you know, take the cold shower, even if it's at night. If I'm not sleeping well, then I got to make sure I do it in the morning or something. It just seems so beneficial. And I hear you saying, even for the layperson, if you're doing a cold water shower, um, once a week should suffice and really have long term benefits. Uh, yeah, I don't know whether for showers once a week, uh, you know, maybe you need to do it more with a shower because it's not such a, a strong effect, but right, it, right. it could, it, it could well do. I don't know. They, they, these guys would do it with showering, you know, three or four times a week in the, in the study. But I think any, every time you do it, it's going to have, have a benefit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of like if you can't get a 45-minute workout done, just do 30 minutes, you still get some benefits. <laughs> exactly so. So a lot of this sounds pretty anecdotal, people you've worked with and so forth, but you have been involved, I believe, um, in some actual research around this that shows this through research that this actually is benefiting one's mental health. Can you speak a bit to the research? Yeah, okay. So the first time, so I had this theory. So this theory struck me that, yeah, okay, look, we can, you know, maybe we can use it to, yeah, for uh, cold water swimming as a treatment for mental health and depression. And a few weeks after this, I met this guy, Professor Mike Tipton from Portsmouth, and he is the, you know, he's literally written the book on cold water physiology. And 
I gave this theory to him because a lot of the stuff I've been reading about adaptation was from him. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, that, that sounds like quite a good idea. I really like it. And then a few weeks after that, he was contacted by a TV doctor, a guy called Chris Van Tulliken, who well, very well known in the UK. And he came along, he wanted to do this program called The Doctor Who Gave Up Drugs. And he said to Mike, you know, is there anything we could use cold water swimming for? Yeah, it must be something I can use to treat a patient. And he said, well, funny you should say that. I've just met this guy with this theory that you can treat depression with it. So with the BBC, we found a woman, Sarah, 24 years old, who, you know, had been taking antidepressants since she was 16. Her father had killed himself. Her brother had died of an overdose she was a single mum so you know uh, you know she was on antidepressants and she just didn't want to be she didn't want her little daughter growing up seeing her mum popping the pills so so she came along and then after a you know we we did a couple of days with her and then Chris followed her up and within a few months she was off the off the antidepressants and, and this is interesting I was, I was listening to your podcast with Mark Horowitz and about the problems of coming off uh, antidepressants. antidepressants. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's a, it's a long process. I, I understand that. And, you know, she came off within six months and five, six years later is still free from, free from drugs. And just, wow. you know, she said that I use, use cold, cold water swimming to treat, treat my, my moods and my mental health. And I think, you know, so I think, yeah, you know, it's really important. You know, it is a really tricky thing, but I think the cold water swimming could be an adjunct to coming off the tablets because you know, it stimulates your body in a in a different way. I think that's how it could work really well. Yeah. In fact, in fact, I've just recently emailed Mark, and uh, we, we we're setting up a meeting to discuss this. Oh, that's awesome! And and I want to first of all, I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. That's awesome. Uh, you know, so I want to push you a little bit on this, just to say, even even that example sounds more anecdotal than kind of research-based and clinical-based. And I'm wondering if there is any research out there that really can, uh, you know, reliable, valid, you know, some of the things I hear about with research is a double-blind study, a placebo study. And I'm just wondering if there is research out there. I really struggled when I was look, digging deep in, and looking for research on the topic. It seemed really scant. Well, I mean, this is it. So... After that, yeah, you know, when I was there with Chris, you know, I said to him, "What if this doesn't work?" My whole theory is blown apart. He said, "Don't worry, it always works on television." And you're <laughs> right, yeah, you're right. It is. It, it's a case report. It's a really good place to start, but it's not not the end. So, what we did next was I uh, started a long story. I, I say I we because it, yeah, research is a collaborative process. We set up a trial in the south of England. And we recruited people. Uh, in the first instance, this was 59 people with anxiety and depression. And we did a, uh, an eight-week cold water swimming course so out in the ocean just off the Devon coast. And the results we saw, so still, this is a feasibility trial. I mean, we didn't even know if people would turn up. If they turned up, would they do it? You know, it was mainly about seeing, can we get people to do this? Will people do this for their mental health? And they definitely did. You know, our, our retention rate was incredible. 
And our results from that were, were phenomenal, much better than you get from any tablet. You know, they we had sort of, depending on how you measure it, 60 to 80 percent went from mild to moderate depression and anxiety or both to not having anxiety and depression you know clinical anxiety and depression anymore wow so so that's that's the first stage and, and then, was that survey based so you're asking them no, like no, the GAD? No, no. yeah 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 oh survey in that respect yeah gad 7 and phq9 yeah you know, the classic yep. test uh but then of course as you say what you want is a randomized controlled trial so that is what we're in the process of doing at the moment we've just finished the first stage of this uh, we haven't got the results back yet, but it was really successful in terms of recruiting people. And we essentially, we've presented what our findings to the government. So there's a big thing called the National Institute for Health Research. Uh, was it the NIAA or something like that? I don't know. In the, no, that's something else. But yeah, you've, you've got a similar organization in the US. So it's the main governmental research funding body and so our first stage was 60 70 patients so that makes we've now got a total of uh, 120 patients 130 patients and they were the results were good enough that they have given us funding for a full trial oh, so that's awesome. we should start recruiting next year for the next to take two years to recruit over 400 people to the study so we have you know and that's all powered up so we know this is a this will be able to show if it has a clinically demonstrable effect oh that's awesome so this is really cutting edge more cutting edge research than i was aware of so the 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 study that you said that i think you said 60 participants and it was able to get you more funding through the government based on those good results. What was that study? Tell us a little bit more about that study. Were were those people going into the ocean swimming every day? Was it three minutes? Like what what did that study look like? So what we do is, I, I think for me, one of the reasons why uh, outdoor swimming is such a good therapy, as it were, is because it's a whole package of benefits. So what we've done with both these trials, it was run run in the same way. You know, the, the first one that is published now and the second one that was basically run along the same lines, just a bit more sophisticated uh, data and things like this. Uh, and so what we did with both is we have been running these courses now around the country, initially just in Devon, uh, in the south of England, where people go along and it's a it's a half hour 40 minute session they go down to the beach everyone meets up you do a bit of chat and it's, it's about education as well because what we want to do is get people independent you know self-realization or actualization is such an important thing you know you feel you have control over your own treatment your own mental health it's much better so we give them the tools which they can then use to go out and just swim by themselves or swim in groups afterwards so yeah there's a bit of chat about safety about how we do things and then there's a warm-up on the beach and then go down into the water and again it's not about the swimming it's about getting used to the water about getting used to putting your face under the water about reducing your fear of the water and then just having a lot of fun. And yeah, you know, particularly easy there, you know, certainly in 
uh, Devon, where they're just fantastic ways, really nice surfy beaches, you know, fantastic. But you know, we've run them in uh, in lakes as well, and we there's no meaningful difference in yeah. the the beneficial effects that we see. Right. So it's not, and it's not at all like in my mind at first. I was like, oh my god, they're swimming across the this this huge bay in the ocean and it's it's this exercise but really like you're really laying out pretty clearly it's the cold water effect and i would imagine i think i read that some people don't even really know how to swim very well and just going out and doing what we call like the dog paddle or whatever um is probably just as beneficial yeah absolutely i mean you know exercise is good for us exercise is absolutely. good for your mental health good for your physical health so yeah that's a benefit that's why i say it's a package because you're out in nature you're a part of a community. Yes, so you're reducing yes, yes. social isolation. You know, I, I love is that. Good for you. Yeah, I love that you mentioned it's the whole package because you're right. And that was going through my mind. You're out there in nature. It's beautiful. You're connecting with people. These are all things that are so important when you're dealing with depression. And I guess that's that's part of why I um, what question and ask about the reliability of the study. And I just think it's so impossible, right? It's difficult. A lot of our studies around depression are difficult because you, you can't isolate just the effect of that cold water when, as you mentioned, there are all these other things benefiting. And that's not at all to discount the benefits of the cold water, but that's just my question around the study. Yeah, well, I think it doesn't really, to, to my mind, there's, there's two ways of approaching this. And th- we've got into this kind of minimalization, kind of, you know, looking smaller and smaller things. This is why we ended up with SSRIs. Oh, look, you know, let's look at serotonin. You know, as you're well aware, the depression, mental health is like the whole body. Yes. And so we could have started with just looking at the cold, just putting people into cold water and seeing what happened. But I basically chose to take it from the other end and say, well, look, first of all, we can look at those mechanisms later. They are utterly fascinating. I really want to know about them. But, you know, this is what swimming is about. It's, you know, it's getting into the water in a group and all these kind of things. So we'll start at the top. We'll see, do people turn up? And then do they work? You know, does the whole package work? And then maybe we can start looking at the the the, the individual aspects. But, you know, the the... Being out in nature, all that, it's not just that that gives you the benefits to your mental health. What happens is it makes you want to come back for more. Yes. And this is the problem with like having a cold bath on your own. I mean, where's the fun in that? Right, and, this right. one of my, and this is one of my problems with Wim Hof is, that, you know, you get into a, a, a nice bath. I mean, there is just no joy in it. You know, it's so important to realize that getting out with a load of people splashing around in the waves or whatever it's just fun and you know and that's what keeps people coming back and again this was one of the things we we're really happy to find out after the first study we haven't had long enough follow-up from the second study yet but the first study was that over 60 percent it's probably more like 80 percent of people who started the course who did the course were still swimming three months later that's so cool and, and you know i also want to just add even if there are other factors, that doesn't minimize the going to the ocean with this group of people having fun, whether it's the cold water only that's impacting it or whether it's the socializing piece, the being out in nature piece, a little bit of exercise piece. What, I mean, it's all good stuff. Exactly. I mean, it's a holistic therapy. It's a, it works on the whole body and it 
works on the whole mind, I suppose. It works on the whole package of uh, of the environment, I suppose. Right, right. Wow, how cool is that? I'm really excited for your future research. Um, might have to have you on the show a second time. So tell us, I know, uh, I believe you also are a co-creator of a nonprofit called Chill UK that provides courses in cold water swimming to improve, specifically to improve one's mental health. Wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about Chill UK. Yeah, well, this is this is the organisation we essentially set up to run these courses for the research. So, okay. Uh, this guy Mike Morris, who's a an outdoor uh, outdoor person. I mean, he used to run a run triathlons, as in like run triathlon events. Uh, he organised them, I suppose, and he's a coast guard, and he yeah he works out. He's a uh, outdoor swimming coach and things like this. And he came to me having said, seen that program with Sarah and Chris and said, look, uh, is there anything I can do? And so what he then did, so I, we went through it. Well, how can we create these courses that work for people and that also work for the research? And we worked together, me doing the research side of him, things, him doing the swimming side of things to create courses you know these courses i described to you with the the warm-up the splashing around and the the cup of tea in a flask afterwards to to get these people uh into it and then now that is spread out and so it's really important i think you know I, we talked about using it as a treatment but it's also uh, more than that you know it's about mental health generally i mean i'm lucky enough not to have suffered from mental health issues but for my mental health you know, it's just the the best thing. So what we've also done through Chill is run courses like uh, after the pandemic, we ran courses for uh, healthcare workers. And so, you know, people have been working through the pandemic. We ran some courses. And for them, we looked at burnout and engagement at work as a sort of a workplace-based tool. And again, we found that people, you know, that, that they, these measures were improved. And, you know, that's been expanded now. So I think the ambulance service are doing it. And the uh, I think the police as well is another group that he's working with. And so, uh, you know, we take loads of people out every week to, you know, on courses. That is so with cool. Basis. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I read also that you're the director of Mental Health Swims. And is that um, loosely associated with the Chill UK? Is that something different? No, it's something different. So chill is about getting people, giving people the confidence to go in the water and starting them off, I suppose. And mental health swims is a slightly different concept. So this was set up by this fantastic woman, uh, Rachel, who had suffered a lot herself in her life. And uh, one winter a few years ago, she went on one new year, she went back to her parents in Edinburgh and went for the New Year's Day dip, not expecting anything, but got out feeling so good that, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of the same experience as mine, but, you know, way bigger. And she did way more with it in a way. So she went back to Wales, where she now lives, and just put up a few things out on social media and had a few people joined up, joined her, and then a few more people and a few more people. And then she, you know, the fantastic thing she does, did was to go about creating something else. And so what Mental Health Swims is, is just a meetup group. 
So you do have people there who are qualified lifeguards or qualified swim coaches or both. And they, they just turn up with this pink skull and crossbones flag, plant it on the beach and advertise it on social media. And people just come along and go for a dip. They might just sit on the side and look after the towels. They might pour tea for people or they might go for a, a swim or just a paddle, you know. And so it, it's a kind of meetup group. So once you have that confidence developed through the chill courses, yeah, it's the ideal group to keep you going. And of course, you know, because it's so low key and so welcoming that you, know, you can turn up. You don't have to do the chill course first, but you know, some people need that initial boost to their confidence before they can, they're, they're prepared to get in the water. And that's where chill comes in. Wow. That sounds incredible. Which city is this in? What, Mental Health Swims? Yep. Uh, it's all over, over the UK now. Yeah, it's got, so it's various got about, different I locations. I think it's a, a 200 groups or something now. I can't remember. Wow. But I mean, loads of groups uh, that, that it, um, it yeah, facilitates. That is so cool. Um, and, you know, one thing you mentioned that I don't think we talked about really was you mentioned, you've mentioned a couple times a flask of like warm tea and stuff. So is there an important piece around warming your body after a cold swim or even after a cold shower? Uh, after a cold shower, the chances are, yeah, you're not going to become hypothermic. It'd be quite difficult to become really cold. After a swim in the sea or whatever, uh, then I think the key thing is, with warming up afterwards is that you don't get too cold to begin with so if you come out and you think oh i could i could have spent a few more minutes in there you've done it just right you know and because that means you've got that buzz because you're thinking oh i'd love to go back in but also you're not feeling too cold you're not feeling a bit rubbish as a consequence right so it don't get too cold before you uh come out and then warming up it's the key thing is to dry off quickly because having water on your body in the wind is going to cool you down very rapidly. And it was interesting. I noticed this myself when during lockdown, we couldn't go. We've got uh, swimming. We've got changing rooms by the beach where I swim in Brighton in the UK. And I noticed just changing on the beach. And, yeah, we had great weather for those months. But it was March, April, whatever. And, you know, I got so much colder just being out there in the yeah in the wind for a few minutes while I just got dry and got my clothes on than just being out of the wind so that's one crucial thing in other terms so taking a hot drink afterwards that just feels nice there's no measurable there's no meaningful amount of heat you're going to transfer to the body it feels nice uh and my experience is, you know, people sort of worry about this sending confusing signals to the brain. But, you know, every day for 20 years, after I've had a swim, I've been going for a hot coffee afterwards. And I've, along with a load of friends, so it doesn't seem to have any adverse effects. The other thing is whether you use a shower or a bath. The key thing here is that you can do a warm shower, a warm bath, but not very warm. It just has to be sort of tepid water you need to start with because 
actually more because it might damage the skin because if your water's too hot and your your body can't deal with that heat when there's no circulation to the skin as there isn't when you get out of the water so you can warm up with a shower again you know i've been showering for the last 20 years i've seen lots of people do it and not seen any problems because people start with a nice just yeah just warm shower and then yeah you can work up to it and as you get warmer it's uh it gets it gets better but don't get too cold to begin with get dry as quickly as you can and get your clothes on right right so i have another question for you while while i uh, was researching and trying to figure out how to reach out to somebody with uh around cold and mental illness the other people the other uh research i saw a little bit of was cryotherapy do you know much about cryotherapy at all and its connection? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the same principle. The thing is that air, so cryotherapy is when you go in really cold air. And so it has to be really, really cold. Like going into uh, a tank that's made. For yeah, it. exactly. And even then, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm not a great expert on this, but people who know more about it than me that I've spoken to, they say that it doesn't have the same effect. You know, and I know uh, I know people who've done it as well and said to me, it just doesn't have the effect of getting into the cold water. You don't feel that effect because air has such a what's called a low specific heat capacity. It doesn't hold much heat and it doesn't draw the heat out of you as quickly. And that's why you can put your hand in an oven at 400 degrees and that's all right. But if you put your hand under sort of boiling water at 200 degrees, yeah, that, oh, yeah your man. hand wrecked because yep. water contains so much heat. And so, you know, cryotherapy does work and has the same effect in a way, but it's partly, I don't think it has the same effect. I've got no evidence for that, but also, again, it's like, where's the joy in it? You know, yeah, <laughs> going into yeah. a culture, you know, rather than going out into the, into the sun or yeah. the snow or whatever. And right. so, there are two aspects to it, which I think, you know, if that's all you've got, great, go yeah. for it. It will have a, it will have an effect. But I think the, the water is more of the complete package. Yeah. I, I love the analogy you used with the, the oven and the stove, you know, um, put your hand in the oven and you can still handle that, but you can't touch a hot stove or like you said, touch boiling hot water. Um, uh, that's that's a perfect example. I think the cryotherapy originally was for like muscle rebuilding after exercising and so forth. But people have talked about some of the possible mental health benefits with it as well. The uh, I think the last topic I want to get into is just a, a little bit about your book. But before I do, I want to give just two quick shout outs because you've um, mentioned a couple things that made me think of this. One is Dr. Tipton, who um, seems like just a phenomenally nice man uh, who actually I had reached out to him while I was exploring this. And I think uh, I may have reached uh, you through Dr. Tipton. So wanted to give him a shout out. He does some incredible work. And uh, and then also my brother, uh, I would, uh, I feel like I need to mention because you've mentioned Brighton so many times that my brother, uh, has lived in Brighton for about 15 years. 
Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, I have to meet up and go for a swim. Oh, if my God. We've got to go, all go for a swim. Absolutely. I'm sure my brother would love that. Uh, he uh, He's a medical doctor, uh, and so I, I know he's also been a big fan of mine for the show and a big supporter when I've had my own mental health challenges. But I, I would love to get into uh, your book a bit here. So you're the author of Chill, The Cold Water Swim Cure. I think it came out about a year ago or so. Is that right? Yeah, almost exactly a year ago. Yeah. So tell us about your book. So the book, actually, that, that was, uh, yeah, it was the American publisher who got hold of me to, to write it. I, I, I initially thought, guys, it's just some kind of spam thing coming through. But it wasn't. It was great. And the whole process had been fantastic. So I wrote a shout out to Mark Tauber, who was the guy who got in contact with me. And interestingly, he came over to Brighton a few weeks ago and we went for a swim, which was which was brilliant. Oh, but anyway, awesome. So he, he'd read some of my stuff and he thought, well, what, what can we do about this? And it's, so what it is, the way we put it together was it's a way of knowing what's happening, what's happened to your body, kind of almost a physics, you know, why water is how it is and things like this. But then it gives a kind of protocol as to how to go about getting into the water. So anyone can do it you know how you, you know these tips you know like how you warm up and you know when to go and things like this and then finally in the in the last section i tell some incredible stories you know, there's kind of ordinary people with ordinary lives who've just got incredible stories to tell about how they benefited from the cold and i think what's most interesting well a couple of things really interesting one is people i've known for many years and i've swum with for many years i heard new things about their stories that i'd never heard before and uh, the other is a lot of them came to the cold they found they went to the cold for something else like uh, a guy called grant he had a uh, real severe back pain yeah men, multiple uh, back operations and he was just feeling lonely he said you know chronic pain is a lonely place and so he was just about to get a, another referral for his pain and a referral for his mental health and he saw our courses he saw saw something on the tv about our courses came along and what he found was it had the effect he'd hoped on his mental health but he noticed at the same time it was having the effect on his physical health and on his pain and it's brought his pain down it might not be a cure cold water but it certainly gets you from a place of non-functionality in a way to functionality and that's certainly what he's found that is really cool. And, you know, while we've been focusing on the mental health and that's what this this show is about, you um, you do bring up the fact that there are so many physical benefits, right? Uh, pain reduction, the piece around inflammation, uh, other uh, other physical um, benefits to cold water swimming that you want to throw out there. Well, I think this comes down to the inflammation thing, because so many of our kind of lifestyle illnesses are down to inflammation again inflammation like stress is components of stress is is really important it's what protects us from infection and helps us heal after uh injury but uh, with the modern lifestyles we, we have too much inflammation in our body and what we want to do is get those levels down and that's what we find with uh regular cold water swimming and so 
the illnesses that we find people have good effect from are those which are linked to inflammation. And that is, it's chronic pain. It's uh, people whose diabetes improved, although that might also be the exercise or that they lose weight. It's uh, inflammatory bowel disease, migraine, things like this. So if if your chronic illness has an inflammatory component to it, and most things do these days, is, you know, it might be a benefit. Of benefit and you know, even just the exercise even walking down the beach about and we know this is a great stuff it shows you know the more exercise you do the better but if you just do there was people just walking up two flights of stairs if you just do that uh three or four times a week you can see a measurable beneficial effect on your cardiovascular health so you know just walking down the beach to get into uh, into the water and walking, getting in, walking back out, you have done some exercise. And, you know, even if it's not the cold, which I truly believe it is as well, you know, you're getting something out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, if people want to get your book and if they want to learn more about you, I know you have a website. Is that the best spot to, to reach out to you if that was okay or at least to find out more about you and your book? Uh, yeah, you can contact me via the website, drmarkharper.com. Also, I'm a, an occasional uh, poster on Instagram, which is at the world swim doctor. And I try, I try and run both as sort of educational hubs. I haven't really got around to doing so much with the website yet. But, you know, anything I find interesting about cold water swimming, I sort of put up on, on, the, on Instagram. That's fantastic. So again, your website is drmarkharper.com. And could they, would they use your website if they were actually looking for any of these swim groups? Or is there a different way for, these, uh, for the folks in the UK to find these uh, swimming meetups? Yeah, well, the, the chill one is chilluk.org. Might be .org.uk. So that you can get a hold of Chill through that if you want to do one of their courses. You can get hold of it through the website. I've got all the links on the website as well. Fantastic. And Mental Health Swims, just search Mental Health Swims. It will come up. Okay. Awesome. So uh, my last question for you, Dr. Harper, is just one that I ask all of my guests. If, uh, if somebody's out there listening to this show and they are really um, you know, struggling with their mental health, other than going down and finding some cold water uh, to swim in or to shower in, what other? What's your biggest piece of advice for somebody? Yeah, that's a that's a big question. I mean, for me, well, I, yeah, I can say what I do. You know, I just uh, like to listen to music, seventies <laughs> funk and soul, that kind of thing. Yeah, the joy of music, something that brings joy into your life, is finding that. And music for me, that's, that's something I would do. I, I, I personally believe getting out, getting, whether it's into the water or not, getting out, meeting people, that is, that is truly the best thing to do. But if you're not doing that, just put on some loud music, dance around the room. All right. I love it. Uh, well, Dr. Harper, I want to thank you um, for all the, the research you're doing, the good work you're doing around supporting people with their mental health and the cold water swimming. And I also want to thank you for taking the time uh, for being on The Depression Files. It was an absolute pleasure. And, you know, thank you for all the work you're doing of uh, getting this out there and getting helping people. It, this, this kind of work really helps. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And uh, make sure you stay healthy. 
And you. Thank you for listening to The Depression Files. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. This is one small way that would help me out greatly. Please know that if you are currently suffering from depression and are experiencing thoughts of suicide, please reach out for help. In the U.S., you can call, text, or chat 988 to connect with a trained crisis counselor, or you can visit suicide.org slash suicide dash hotlines for a list of international suicide hotlines. If you would like to connect directly with me or have a topic to suggest, please reach out to me on Twitter at allevin18 or email me at thedepressionfiles at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening to The Depression Files.